five four three two one zero and liftoff. Dispatches, a production of Blur Bank, is an in-depth look at those living artistic lives. Each episode will feature photographs and audio interviews with narrative pioneers who have taken creativity and publishing in their own hands. From artists to authors, photographers to philosophers, Dispatches will reveal the faces and foundations of those who lead the creative way. Hello, everyone. I'm in Sydney today with designer Lorenzo Princi. Lorenzo, how are you today? Um, very well, thank you. So um, before we get started here, tell us who you are, where you come from, and what exactly do you do? Okay, what do I do? I do a lot of things. Um, I, uh, I come from, I guess I come from Adelaide via Rome. Adelaide <laughs> no. via Rome, yeah, okay. so I was born in Rome. I um, grew up in Adelaide from when I was very young, and I moved to Sydney after high school, I guess, and that's when my design career started. I was studying design um, and got into sort of graphic design, uh, learned all the theories and all that sort of stuff, uh, typography, uh, yada, yada, yada. But um, after a few years out in the workforce, I was working in print, uh, okay. point of sale, magazines, that sort of thing and then transitioned into web design and have since become sort of a user experience designer. What, tell, what does that mean exactly, UX, a UX yeah. designer, user experience? Yeah. So it sort of started with just designing interfaces and learning a little bit about user interaction models on web interfaces and how people use a website basically. Um, I was, I guess at the time, things were transitioning in that industry as well, from static websites to back and yep. forth applications, shop online, that sort right, of thing. Right, so I've right. sort of come out of that now on the other end of that, and I'm, that's basically my job now. I'm, I'm uh, sort of leading the design of a, of a marketing service application. So I've sort of moved away from traditional print. So as my hobbies or side projects, uh, we, I do a lot of that on the side. I do a lot of print work, uh, whether it's caffeine and concrete, which I'm sure you're going to ask oh, about. Yeah, we got a whole we got a whole bevy <laughs> um, of questions about yeah. that. Um, or even some sort of book cover design projects and things like that, just to keep those sort of skills and sure. you know things relevant to me. So. so, how does the public interface with what you do? Um, well, through through the websites. Yeah, I guess I have a few different. Uh, if we look at the different things I do, obviously with my day job, I'm focused on our customers and our users of our application, and we have mechanics of getting feedback via various, various channels, social media, feedback, support channels, one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one teams, etc. Uh, when it comes to my personal projects, it's very much bloggers, blogging space and social media where I sort of and, reach out. And print. And print yeah. um, right. as well. Uh, so, yeah. So when I was at Blurb, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I uh, was in the office, which is somewhat of a rare occurrence for me to be in San Francisco. But I looked down and there was a magazine there called Caffeine and Concrete. And I looked at the cover and I was like, oh, my God, that looks incredible. So I picked it up. And subsequently, a lot of time has passed since then, and I've seen many issues of this thing. It's one of my all-time favorite blurred publications. And the other night here in Sydney, we had a meetup, and I was talking to two people I didn't know. And I looked down, and there was a stack of caffeine and concrete on the table. And I said, oh, my God, I love that magazine and they both pointed at you and said well there's the guy who did it so I was really happy to finally get to meet you I knew when someone had said told me that you were here in Sydney was hoping to get a chance 
Um, you, Caffeine and Concrete is a is a monthly publication that you do. How did the or, what is the origin of the name Caffeine and Concrete? Okay, so the name. Uh, sort of the name and the origin are a little bit synonymous, but we'll, we'll sort of uh, for the uh, the idea of the mag. So, uh, in a quick sort of way, caffeine just refers to coffee. Um, the I drink a lot of coffee. People drink a lot of coffee, um, and the interviews I conduct generally over a cup of coffee. So okay. that's the idea there. And the concrete, um, I guess. There's a two sort of thing, two things going on there as well. Where obviously it's very sort of urban magazine okay. in general. Uh, a lot of I'm in Sydney, I'm in the city. Interviews aren't done in the city. People that work in the city, um, but it's really more to do with uh, concrete poetry, which is uh, poetry that's has a it's a layout in a way where the layout okay. and the poem sort of fit together. Um, so. So word, it's, it's yeah. a layout and poetry together, which yeah. is a, which is really a signature of caffeine and concrete. So that's kind of where the names come from, yeah. And you also just blew me away by handing me a book called Green Man Taught Me to Walk, uh, which I didn't even look like a blurb book. I've been at Blurb around <laughs> 10 years, and I was like, hey, how did you have this printed? And you said it's with Blurb, um, which is a book of your poetry and typography. Yeah. Which so, I didn't even know. I didn't know you even had this book. It's kind of something that I've been doing in... It's sort of like the start of this whole Caffeine and Concrete was me just dabbling with my some old poems. Um, so what I do is in between the magazine coming out, I just feed the sort of poems in the middle. So it's kind okay. of like this sort of semi-related sort of thing that, that's come, a, come about from that. It seems to me that you're a guy who is who is sort of oozing the need to constantly create, which we're going to talk a lot more about in depth. But that's um, poetry, the magazines, all of these things that you do on the outside of yeah. of your job. Um, how how much of your day when you get up in the morning? How big is the desire to like continue to create things? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the one of the one of the guys I interviewed, Dave, he he just he sort of said, "So creative people just have to create. There's no sort of question of it." And I think at the moment there's a few um, out there projects like these things I'm doing here. Um, but I've always been creating something um, on the side of my studies or my work um, f- because you want to learn. You want to learn. You want to try things. You want to. Uh, tr- see how things work, you want to keep up. And that's something I always tell my uh, sort of anyone I manage, you know, you've got to keep up with, you can't rely on your day job to do that, um, especially in a creative space or... When you do yeah. personal work, yeah. how much of a consideration is the audience or does the work 100% derive based on what you want to do? Yeah, that's a good question because with caffeine and concrete, I'm finding... I'm trying not to get too business about it, um, but you, you do sense that there's a bit more strategy because it's there's another person involved every issue, um, and it's a little bit more of a community focus. So, hey, this person's a great uh, business entrepreneur. Read their interview. You almost I almost want to more reach out for the people I'm interviewing rather than because it's my work. So that that's a little bit the way it is. Other stuff I do, I'm not too worried. I just I love doing it. If something comes of it, great. If it doesn't, I still like doing it. 
So the, the magazine is comprised of interviews with different kinds of creatives. Yeah. Give us an idea of the range of people because just in the one, I have one of your uh, issues that has five different yeah. caffeine and concretes in it. And the range of artists that you interviewed was a sommelier, you had a designer, but give us the range of people. Yeah, uh, it's been a, a massive range. And I think that was that was important from the get-go because I, I was conscious that I didn't want to, there's plenty of uh, pieces out there, magazines and otherwise, that, you, that focus on artists, photographers, graphic designers, baristas, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the, the yeah. sort of topic is that, that's cool. Um, and they're great. But I didn't want to add another one. There's too many great ones out there. And I, I was more focused on lifestyle um, and people that are just doing stuff a little bit differently. And the, the origin came from I was having a... I met a girl in Sydney who I knew from Adelaide but didn't realise I knew her sort of thing, uh, Tanya. Um, and we were just... We thought, hey, oh, you used to live... I know who you are, blah, blah, blah. Let's meet up and have a coffee. And that conversation with Tanya, who turns out to be The Writing, which is this massive Instagram account with bajillion followers and she's all over everything. Um, it wasn't until I met her that I realised that that's who she was. Uh, so it was... I was just talking to her about how she moved from Adelaide to Sydney and now is in New York and all this crazy stuff. Um, and I got into, like, that, that conversation inspired me a little bit. And also I was thinking, man, I should have recorded that conversation because <laughs> that's a cool story. Yeah. Um, so that was the sort of what I was thinking at the time. Um, and because she does typography work, I got a little bit rejuvenated about, like, oh, let me get the old, the old sort of layouts out and have a play. Hey, blurb, have a magazine option. You know, yeah. it sort of all just was a quick thing. So back to the, the question, I thought, all right, who do I know that was going to help me get started? That's because I'm like, you know, I look around you, and, and what I realised with that conversation was how many of us know people mm-hmm. who are doing great stuff. Yeah. And sometimes the fact that we know them is the dampener on it. You know, if, if you right. know what I mean, it's sure. like, well, I know them, so it's they're not that good. You know, but yeah. it's like, hang on, you sort of check yourself and go, you know what, they're doing crazy stuff, and I do know them. That's the blessing. Yeah. Um. So I started reaching out to friends of mine and ex-colleagues or whatever who I just had that sort of um, epiphany about I'm like you know what hey you paint miniatures and you're making money painting miniatures and that's cool yeah Let's fantastic have, yeah. and I, let, let me hear your story oh you, you used to work you know you used to be a lawyer an insurance lawyer and then you, you stopped doing that to paint miniatures and go back to school that's a great lifestyle conversation yeah. um, and similarly sommeliers or body corporate managers or um, artists or coming uh, artists that are coming up and haven't mm-hmm. quite found it yet, or you know, just it, it didn't really matter about what they were doing. And I actually quite find that that's the interesting part because the themes uh, that run through, regardless mm-hmm. of the industry they're in, is people that went, "Hang on, I'm gonna have a go. I'm gonna right. take a leap, and I'm gonna try something different." Right. And that's probably what the range is. Well, it's interesting because some of the people, like when I opened up the the issue in my hotel room and there's five different people, there were a few that jumped out at me immediately because they were genres that I was familiar with. But then I thought, you know, I don't know much about wine, but here's this woman who's a sommelier. And I thought, and the minute I started reading the interview, I was like, oh, I really like this person and this is a great story. And I would have probably never gone out of my way to read about someone who's a sommelier until you put it in front of me, which is a smart thing. So you use Blurb to do the magazine, and what has the ability to have a print-on-demand magazine done in terms of getting concrete and public out, concrete and caffeine and concrete out? Yeah, um, 
Well, just that. I mean, I like I said, this is always always treat these things like a little bit of a hobby. And as you mentioned, I got a day job, so I, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm just stressing myself out. So um, having that on-demand service where I can go, look, hey guys, here's one order it if you like it, and I haven't put myself in any stressful like right. uh, I've got to print a thousand copies and hopefully get rid of them and right. you know just just or live with them yeah for a long yeah, time. yeah I'll keep them in a box <laughs> yeah um, so I was conscious of that and then so it's kind of like hey I can dabble in this and I can treat it like a hobby but I can put it out there and if people want a physical copy they can grab one you know it, it just adds a it's like a fun element on top of something that I could just have a blog and do the same thing but you know, yeah. we're going to have the same package. So, now, there's yeah. something cool about yeah. going to print. Yeah. You know, it makes it a little mm. bit more real. Uh, t- let's talk about interview logistics. So when you do, we're going to talk more about your interviews in yeah. a minute, but like the logistics, how do you do your interviews? Okay, so it's it's always conversational, uh, a bit like this, I guess. Um, perfect world, it's uh, in person over coffee. Uh, sometimes it's over Skype if, if the person can't, you know, if we can't be in the same room. Um, and I guess the style, because this is something that I think makes it a bit different, um, but also... Yeah, I know, I know where you're going with yeah. this. It, it totally does, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, because as I mentioned, it all started from having a conversation going, I wish there was a flies on the wall or something listening in. Um, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to do transcriptions. Not writing <laughs> yeah not not clean, not cleaned <laughs> yeah. up sort of sterilized yeah. yeah and the the thing that inspired me on the approach to that was i i sort of was doing some research on on transcriptions and um i found this old it, it wasn't it was online but it wasn't really online it was like a pdf of an old document from probably the 60s or the 50s or something that was explaining you know um etiquette you know of transcribing someone and 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 how you need to keep their voice and what mm-hmm. they said and the way they speak um, and not to remove that uh, and you know how to sort of indicate obviously when we talk we jump around we, we stop halfway hey look at that thing right oh now I remember about something else so you, you've got to try and present yeah. that um, in, in writing so this this sort of guide I sort of use that as a lock down the rules. Okay, this is what I'm sticking to. These are things you um, you clean up if someone's using some slang that, you know, but out, outside of that, you've really got to present it's, the person. So. It's pretty remarkable. It's the first thing that I noticed the yeah. first interview was I, I read the interview and said, oh my God, this is a real conversation because the ums and the slang and the mm-hmm. things that people were, it was a real conversation. And it was interesting to me because it was such... It was so different than what I'm normally used to seeing that I realized I've gotten used to this sterilized, sort of cleaned up interview yeah. process. So that's a, it was a pretty amazing. Yeah, if uh, you got, to I'll add to that because obviously the quotes and pulling out the quotes and doing a, having that typographical fun with them is, is one of the, the main things, um, especially when you're, you're so, the social media outreach and all that, that the fun things to, to put out there. Um, it was something a teacher of mine said to me design school years ago, and I said something. And I was talking to him and he pulled a little notebook out and, and, and scribbled it down and he's like, so much is lost or so much wisdom is lost in everyday conversation and that's what I'm clinging to. And I think if you ask someone 10 questions over email mm-hmm. um, and you ask 10 people those 10 questions and it's written responses, it's going to be like the same person, mm-hmm. overly considered, rewritten, 
and they lose a bit of themselves in, in that writing, I think. Sure. Uh, so off the cuff, I'm, I'm capturing some great quotes and they might be grammatically incorrect or whatever, but it doesn't matter because they're just Because it's great. real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, that's the so. thing. And that, that's the word that jumped out was yeah. like, this is an actual real interview. It's one of the reasons why people say, oh, do you do a lot of editing on these audio interviews? And I'm like, I'm not after a perfect, polished, you know, p podcast for national public radio, <laughs> even though I love those. It's, this is just more of a conversation. Yeah. So conversations are, are have their ups and downs. Yeah. Do you sell Caffeine and Concrete? Is it available online? Um, well, yeah, it's, it's available through Blurb and links through the websites and all the rest of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I know somebody, so I get mine, my copy for free. Yeah. <laughs> So when you when when I open the magazine and I look at the beginning of every um, at the beginning of every interview, it's writing, art direction, design, layout, and interview by Lorenzo. Um, you're 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 doing everything yourself. Is there one of those disciplines that you would put above the rest? Um, is there uh, is there a favorite or something? Well, that you I feel guess I'm a designer. Like that's that's kind of so the, the layout stuff and and all that is definitely um, my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, in fact, the reason, the other part of the transcription model is that I'm not a writer or an editor or, you know, and it's like, this is what was written. I can transcribe it. I don't have to sort of worry too much. Um, I've got some proofreaders who will um, take care of, of yeah. you know, some of the, the things I muck up. But generally, so yeah, definitely to answer your question in the design. You're definitely a writer though too, because when I read this, I was jealous of how well written this was and how concise and beautiful. And I thought, oh man, that's uh, you know, you've set the bar. You can thank the proofreaders, I guess, for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for that. So, we talked about this right before we started the interview. When I see a magazine like this, a part of me is thrilled, and I see this. And then another part of me, being in the role that I am at Blurb, mm -hmm. is I'm so frustrated that more people who have talent find a reason not to do something like this. How do you, what do you think about, I mean, how do you find the reason to do it? Whereas like 90% of the people I run into go, oh, I do it if, and then they don't do it. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky one. It's something um, I, I'm sort of as a manager and, and some, you know, somewhat of a leadership role at work. That's something you, you feel some people want to do things and some people don't. And I think anything, everything in between and, and things that are said are really not related to, um, you know, finding a reason to do something sh because you want to do it should be the end of that conversation. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think anyone who hesitates to do something probably doesn't really want to do it. Want to do it. You know, and yeah. that's the, that's all those reasons are just, you know, excuses just, just to just sort of appease a conversation. They've got nothing to do with whether or not. Yeah. You know, before when before the first issue of Caffeine and Concrete yeah. came out, how many revisions did you go through? Did it was it were there any iteration, iterations or or no? Uh, I mean, you're yeah, you're a skilled I, person. I, no, so. I did no, no. There was a few. What I did was the. I mean, this is the other the probably better answer to the previous question. It's like just do try something and then get it out there and then try again and then like it's not a. If, if some people are perfectionists and I'm definitely not. Um, uh, so what I did was I, I didn't even approach anyone. It wasn't even an interview mag. I just like, they've got magazine stuff on blurb. I'm playing around with these poems. I've got this idea about doing some interviews later. And I just kind of did uh, Lorenzo Princi uh, poetry edition, and that's the volume one, and did about three copies of that to get the type right and the uh. layouts right. Um, and that was it. Um, and then 
And then it was you... like, okay, I'll ask my friend because, you know, he'll, he'll help me sort of get this up and running without it being a big stressed out sort of interview. I can just, we can just chill out. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's probably the other approach. It's like just try something, like what's going to happen. Yeah, that, that, that was what I was getting yeah. at is that you don't, because you're only making one at a time, you can just experiment, yeah. use it as a sketch, learn from it and move on. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it keeps evolving from there and I've, I've sort of redone some stuff and now, uh, as I mentioned uh, sort of before the interview, I'll, I'll probably move to the, the sort of five volume editions only rather than the single issues. Um, now that I've got, you know, just you just refine and you, you, you correct and just talking to someone at the meetup uh, who was an old typesetter and he was, you know, he was just pointing out some stuff and I was like, damn, that's so obvious now, you know, and I was like, <laughs> you know, I literally ran home and like, I'm like, just playing around with the things he said so that I can improve the legibility and things like that for people. That's, it's just an iterative it, thing. It's, evol- yeah. it's evolving. Yeah. And so what percentage of your time is, is dedicated to this compared to the, your, your, your day job? Uh, it's, it's a weird one because I don't, um, feel like my day job or um, this or my other side projects or my running that I do I don't know it's like they're all encompassing they're all part of what I do just who you are yeah, yeah. so did you say running yeah so you're a runner yeah so a little bit of running as well all right um, but I don't know about finding the time or any of that stuff I just I want to go for a run so I go for a run I want to sketch a poem out so I'll do that hey the mag i've got to do some transcribing i'm going to do that hey uh, i walk to work so i can think about ideas um when i get to work i'm enthused about what we're building at work so it it, they all kind of uh accompany each other or sort of make, make it's yeah it's like it's a one big creative cycle where sometimes i'm doing this one sometimes i'm doing that one so you see you're running they as a complement cre- creative. Other. That's what I was... Uh, yeah. they compliment. They're just a part of your life. And yeah. does, is running something you see as a creative pursuit? Um, absolutely. I, I just did a bit of a spiel on this uh, recently about why I run. And ultimately, I found that it's about the energy. And in fact, it's not about breaking down time. It's about having energy to do things. So okay. I'm finding running is energizing and you're running and you come up with an idea and you you know you're like okay cool that'll make sense now because i've cleared my mind and i'm not stressing about whatever and that's where a lot of the actual thinking happens and i'm pretty good at executing quickly so maybe that's what Mm -hmm. the facade is all that it's like it takes me a while to think of something but getting on the computer and pushing some pixels around that that's all pretty quick for me okay yeah What's the, is the reward of Caffeine and Concrete actually making it, or is it the feedback that you receive? Well, it's, it's definitely the, a lot to do with just making it and enjoying making it, because if it was just for the feedback, probably would have stopped. You know, <laughs> volume one no, one, no one looked at it, you know, whatever, yeah. right? So, but definitely now that it's getting a little bit more nervous and there's some people talking about it or going on Meetup and having people say, oh, I love this, and um, that now, that, that, that sort of gives you that re-energizing uh, to sort of want to go back and do the next one because you, know, you got that good feedback or someone. I mean, you know, the other thing is how much you need. Every single person that likes or comments, whether it's a bot or a real person, I always reply like, you know, I, I think some one person's read this. Right. You know, or one person actually ordered a copy or someone wrote a nice email or, you know, you, you can't sort of take that for granted. Um, and I know with the numbers on, on social media, it can get lost if you are, you know, 
I, I feel like you've, you've got to sort of be happy that there's 100, 200, 300, 400,000, whatever people that you didn't know or you didn't have never engaged with mm-hmm. on the other side of the world and they've bothered to click the like button on a picture of a magazine you made yeah. did something. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a good, I think the more you nurture that community, the, mm. the better it is. Yeah. And I think the responding to the person who sends you the email or yeah. even comments on the blog, it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. I, I started blogging a long time ago and mm. I feel like I have this sort of extended family of people who yeah. routinely yeah. comment, never met them, never yeah. seen them, might never meet them, but it's still important. You, that's that's something that you, you sort of talked about earlier with people that don't get started or you know what stops people. Um, I think it's it's a little bit um, of that doing doing things for the sake of it and not expecting anything to come from it. Yeah. Um, if, if I was expecting X number of sales or this or that, it, it's already a barrier that is probably unachievable as opposed to just want well, to just put it out there. Um, so yeah, definitely, because you don't know what's going to come from it. Um, I did. I wasn't planning on on um, you guys at Blurb seeing it mm-hmm. and and helping me sort of like you know sort of sharing it and stuff like that. Like that wasn't part of the plan. But when I got that first email from you guys about, it, I'm like, wow, awesome. Yeah. You know? I think um, I think uh, I'm going to ask a question based on that because I'm guessing the person who flagged this at, at Blurb was Kent. Yes, it was Kent. <laughs> and um, Kent had a question, which is, what's your favorite punctuation mark? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. I was, I was thinking about, is it a tilde? Is that the little squiggly line? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it? Yeah, it's, uh, I was going to do something. Uh, there's a whole bunch of t- uh, tilde Swindon uproar at the moment. Oh, and yeah. I was just, I've got to figure that one out. But, All right. So. There's, there's a little puzzle to put <laughs> I together. I use them a lot. Let's talk about typography. Yeah. What um, is there? Is there a favorite uh, favorite font that you always lean towards? So yeah, I mean, well, um, Caffeine and Concrete, the main typeface. It's all except the body copy, actually. But all the poems, everything. It's Bembo. Bembo. Um, and I remember when I was studying, I did a little. We had to pick a font to do a little write up on. And I, for whatever reason, I think it was the Penguin Classics with typesetting it or some something like that. I was just sort of liked that font, and I remember at the time we had to describe the font. And I wrote a poem to describe it as if that was the best way to describe Bembo. So it's just kind of stuck with me. And I'm sure someone can tear that apart, but <laughs> I like it. I like the idea of it. That's all that yeah, matters. Yeah. So what's yeah. the next step with this? Um, well, the, well, it's interesting now because um, I've got to, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm sort of looking at ways to, there's a lot more content um, than I ever thought there would be. Uh, as far as the interviews now, and there's a bit of a catalogue there, so when I, I can approach people and without having to know them, I can just say, look, this is what I'm doing, and right. hey, look, they, they saw you get into it. Um, so I'll probably look at uh, making it a little bit more of a magazine magazine, so go away from the, the short-run single volumes into something a little bit more substantial. Okay. Um, as, as the, so, and, and see if that uh, makes it a little bit uh, more attractive to to people so that's probably the next thing but as far as the interviews themselves mm-hmm. um, I've been reaching out to um, I guess people such as yourself and sort of other sort of known uh, people outside of my sphere um, and I'm getting good uh, good buzz so I'm, I'm hoping to got a few interviews I've just finished that are sort of in the works across the next few volumes um, and I'm hoping that there's a few other people that have reached out to that, that seem interested. We're just, you know, it's locking down times and sure. everyone's busy and overseas or whatever. Um, so 
uh, that's kind of the future is probably some getting some more sort of known not not celebrities but sort of known right. uh, bloggers and things like that. I've had a few already anyway, but so I've been lucky enough to know people like that and now reaching out to to sort of other people that I I don't know and getting a good response back. So is there something that you don't have that you really need that would take this further? Um not really. Um, oh, I love hearing yeah, that. Yeah, no. No, I love hearing happy people. Yeah. Content people. Yeah, I just, yeah, I enjoy it. It is what it is. It evolves, but it doesn't have to evolve too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, like, th- this is like, if, yeah, it was in a different, completely different place when I started, in a completely different place um, this time last year, and it'll be in a completely different place six months from now, so... And I'm happy just to go with it and not try force anything. Well, that's fantastic. I really appreciate you taking time to do this. Thank you. um, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I absolutely love this. I've got two of these uh, in my bag for the flight home. Awesome. Um, And it's pretty rare. for It it tells you how much I love this is I very, very rarely read magazines. I always only read books. But these interviews are are incredibly insightful, and I've found them uh, very rewarding. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we can do this again. Uh, please. Awesome. Thanks, Lorenzo. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan.